Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Know Your Physio podcast. I'm your host, Andres Prichel, helping you discover your science to optimize your life. And today's guest is Angelo Keeley. He is the co-founder and CEO at Keon. And today's episode is all about essential amino acids. Some of you may consider or may know about essential aminos as being a Swiss army knife supplement. And today we get into what makes them as useful and as prevalent as they are in a lot of the health and fitness supplementation protocols that you're seeing online and maybe that you or your friends are partaking in. Well, today we take a deep dive on what makes him so great. So uh, here's a little deep dive on Angelo. He is an absolute powerhouse of sustained creative energy in all aspects of his life. He is a successful health entrepreneur and CEO, coach and consultant, fitness enthusiast, outdoorsman. He's a highly engaged father and husband, polyglot, multi-instrumentalist, according to him. <laughs> and his team, he's a world-class beatboxer. We did not get him beatboxing in this episode, but I promise you we'll get him beatboxing on the next one. It goes without saying, Angelo is a true renaissance man. As you already know, he is co-founder and CEO at Keon. He scaled Keon into one of the most trusted supplement brands in health optimization in just four years. And he did this back in 2017 with Ben Greenfield. He personally cracked the code to maintain high levels of stable energy. And today, Keon is an active lifestyle supplement and functional food company dedicated to helping folks fully experience a joyful, active life by providing the purest energy enhancing solutions. And this is the very reason why I became affiliated with Keon. You know, over the years, I've had the chance to experiment with hundreds of supplements and brands. And it's really cool as, you know, an influencer and with my online presence to get offers all the time to try things and to recommend things. And I'll tell you what, I mean, as many incredible companies as there are out there, I believe in taking a minimalist approach. I think less is more in the realms of high performance, fitness, optimization, even longevity, because it's what you can maintain most consistently. And it's what you can measure. If you're taking tons of supplements, you know, how do you know what's doing what? You can't, there's no way to do it. And I find that when you take less supplements, that alone motivates you to get the remaining macro and micronutrients that you need to flourish from your diet. So I believe in diet being the absolute majority right? As far as sourcing nutrients. And when you take supplements, it should be specific. It should be something you can measure. It should be something that you can maintain consistently if that's what you need. And I find that Keon certainly meets this criteria. And of course, you know, with the attention to quality and purity, I mean, it was an absolute no brainer to become affiliated with this company. And it's the reason why it was such an honor and a pleasure to have Angelo on the show. So back to Angelo, he was born in Austin, Texas to natural health entrepreneurs, as you'll soon learn. And he was immersed in the world of supplements and natural fruits from birth. There is a lot more to his story, but I'll give Angelo a chance to fill you guys in in just a moment. This guy has absolutely cracked the code for harnessing, honing, and maintaining his own high level of energy. And he's absolutely dedicated his life to studying so that he can help others do the same and pass the torch. He is truly committed in everything he does to helping others achieve activate and sustain their inner energy for a joyful, active life. And we want to let you guys know, if you're tuning in right now and you want to get a sweet little discount off of the Keon Essential Aminos or any Keon supplement for that matter, you can use code UNDRESSP, A-N-D-R-E-S, and the letter P, like my last name, Prichel, first letter, my last name, P, UNDRESSP, to get a massive discount off your entire order for life or any subscription for that matter. So you can use that code or just see the show notes for more info. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you, Angelo, for everything you do and for joining us today. And I'll see you guys on the other side. Hello, my dear listeners, ladies and gentlemen. I have some exciting news, exciting update. The folks at Bioptimizers have truly outdone themselves with this new and improved formula for magnesium breakthrough. The best Magnesium supplement on the market just got even better because it now contains cofactors like vitamin B6 and manganese to improve the bioavailability of magnesium. So for those of you who don't know what bioavailability means, it means that what you're introducing to your body is actually getting used up in a functional way to give you the effects that you're looking for. And with a lot of magnesium supplements, you don't have very good bioavailability. And on top of that, you only have one species of magnesium. 
Bioptimizers has seven different species of magnesium to support over 80% of your body's metabolic reactions, which are thousands. And now you really get to capitalize on all the incredible benefits of magnesium supplementation because we simply don't get enough through our diets nowadays. And if you want to learn more about that, by the way, tune into episode number 56 of my podcast with Wade Lightheart, one of the co-founders of Bioptimizers to learn more. So for folks who are looking to support their health and wellness and manage stress, uh, reduce anxiety, support a nice, calm, stable mood, get deeper, more restorative sleep, support tremendous energy throughout the day, I highly recommend that you take magnesium, magnesium breakthrough that is, on a daily basis. If I had to choose one supplement to take for the rest of my life, every single day, it would be this one. I managed to get everything else that I need through my diet, all my macro and micronutrients, but because of the soil that we have today, we simply don't get the magnesium that we're supposed to be getting. And with our modern environments, it really helps to get enough magnesium. So I always like to go with the best, the purest, the safest, and the most bioavailable, which is why I choose magnesium breakthrough. So if you want to get your hands on some of this amazing, amazing stuff, go to magbreakthrough.com slash undress. That's M-A-G B-R-E-A-K T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash undress, magbreakthrough.com slash undress, and use code undress, A-N-D-R-E-S, during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. Or simply scroll down to the show notes section of this episode on the preferred platform that you're currently tuning in from, and you'll see a link directly to checkout, which you can use right now before we start the show. Oh, and dare I mention that this is an incredible gift for your friends, family, and loved ones because it shows them that their health and wellness is in your best interest? Yes, it's true. In fact, I have my family set up on automatic deliveries on a monthly basis on my mother's credit card because it's really the intention that counts. And you too can be intentional with your gift by giving the gift of Magnesium Breakthrough. So anyway, go ahead and use code UNDRESS at checkout magbreakthrough.com slash undress. Hope that you guys enjoy. And now let's go ahead and get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here back on the Know Your Physio podcast with Angelo Keeley, co-founder and CEO of Keon. And today we're going to take a deep dive on amino acids. Now, I, just a little disclaimer, did take some amino acids on this show, just before the show. And... <laughs> And I will often take amino acids before any kind of high-performance bout because of the incredible effects that they elicit on the brain. Now, we're going to get into that in a second, but here we have Angelo with us. And Angelo, first of all, welcome to the show. If you don't mind, I'd like to begin with your why and why you do what you do before we jump into the science of amino acids. Thanks for having me, Andres. And I, I guess I just need to start with an, an admission. I'm also on amino acids right now. <laughs> I basically always am. My team, they jokingly call me Amino Keely. Amino like, Keely. Amino Keely instead of Angelo Keely. Yeah. So my why, well, such a, that's such a broad question, man. I guess my why for being here today on the show is because uh, I really like what you do. I know that you are a believer in, in amino acid nutrition, in optimized health, in our company, Keon, that I'm part of. And so I'm just excited to like have conversations with caring, thoughtful people that want to help people get healthier. I would say my why for Keon is, this is one where I'm like, oh, he's like, man, how far back do I go? Because I feel <laughs> like it really goes to my roots. Don't be afraid to go back far enough, far to your, you know, to your roots. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back yeah. like pretty chronologically far. Yeah. I was just, I was born into a family where nutrition and fitness were really important. My parents had a natural health food store that had a natural health food restaurant. They were very much into using vitamins and dietary supplements to support health. And that, that was everything from botanical ingredients to amino acids. Amino acids were literally like the one that I remember most from my mom when I was like three or four years old. She was a competitive swimmer. Uh, like amateur master swimmer. And we'd always go to the gym and afterwards she would take her aminos and she'd be like, Angie, take these aminos. And like, don't, aren't they like amazing? Can't you feel them? Similar to how you were describing taking aminos like before a performance type activity and just, you can actually feel it. 
And yeah, so I mean, from the very earliest part of my life, I was just raised in a culture of natural health and supplements and kind of, I would say, trying to live a more optimized physical and mental and emotional life. That said, I think as I got older, like any kid, you know, you kind of start to experiment and stray and try other things. And around high school, I was definitely, both my parents are entrepreneurs. And so I definitely have kind of a more entrepreneurial, naturally manic, got to do everything myself kind of I, demeanor. I know the feel. I know the feel. And, I know, I, and a lot of people <laughs> tuning in know the feel. Yeah. yeah. So I had to learn all my own lessons pretty hard. And yeah, in high school, I just, I got into a lot of trouble. I started experimenting, you know, with like drugs and stuff like that. And I got myself in a really bad situation where I took too much LSD. I provoked a fight. I've never really even provoked a fight. And these guys beat me up really badly. They stabbed me twice in the back, once in the knee, severed my patella tendon. I got my spleen nicked. I had to get emergency abdominal surgery. And then I just got beaten really badly. So I woke up in the hospital days later. And that was a kicked off a period, obviously, of you know PTSD and just pretty deep combination of emotional and physical trauma that I think at those moments in life, I was really lucky. I had a lot of support. I had really good resources. And it became like health became my path. And that was at 16 years old. Like it wasn't just this thing that my parents were doing, you know, like a belief system they were raising me in and just telling me what to do. I was like, well, I'm going to like learn how to meditate <laughs> and go to therapy. And, and suddenly fitness became something different for me. It wasn't just like trying to play sports or have fun with my friends. It was a way to find, yeah, my personal path. And that really kicked off at 16. I would say the beginning of a much more intentional approach to life that I think in some ways it's just like really painful trauma. And on the other hand, it's at some point in, in adulthood, oftentimes people are invited to like more fully participate in their life and to choose something more intentional and to like start to put their life together. And I got that invitation really young. So 38 now, over the last 22 years, I've tried a lot of different modalities and really worked on myself in so many different ways from, you know, all different psychotherapy and meditation and different fitness modalities to all the different types of biohacks. I'm honestly like less into that stuff now, like 16 through 21, I was super into that uh, kind of really experimenting more with fringe type things. And yeah, and that, you know, I think that adventure of life took me overseas for several years. I lived in Europe and India for a few years and came back to the US and ran a behavioral healthcare company for a few years. And then this is the thing. It's like, I kind of just ended up back in my roots. You know, it's like, I joke, but it's almost like a dream. It's like, if I made a company that would make my mom proud when I was three years old, <laughs> it would probably be like an amino acid and ultra clean organic coffee company. And those are like two of our best performing products. So did I choose it or did my life choose me? You know, after I just give that whole synopsis of me like choosing my own life and being all intentional and like finding my path, I somehow kind of ended up back at my roots. And so, yeah, some combination of fate and environment and my desire to be happy. Well, thank you for taking us through the synopsis. I, and if I, if I may, and, and, and please correct me if, if this is wrong or sounds wrong, it seems like you developed this intention and you became this invested in your health almost out of necessity because you were in such a you endured such a traumatic event and i think that for a lot of people that are tuning in including myself that is the case but what about for the folks who don't have a traumatic experience what do you think they can do to gain some awareness to really take these matters into their own hands and be this invested because i find that those who maybe don't see something so direct, so traumatic, whether it's with them or someone around them, maybe they'll just dismiss the small habits that add up until maybe it's too late. So early on, let's say for the person tuning in, people that are in their 20s, 30s, maybe, if you don't have some kind of trauma or some intense drive to pursue health in this way, how do you think they can gain some appreciation towards this path? You know, I've tried to understand in the past, like why for people who get exposed to some kind of harder conditions that their life takes a different trajectory. And I think a big part of it is perspective. You know, I even thought 
at that point in my life, you know, it had been a pretty nice life. And so I'm going to try to do this opposite since it's like mirrored screen. But if like things are like, you know, you start out with a baby with no experience and progressively you get more and more experience. It's all like pretty good. Maybe there's some bad things, but not that bad. And suddenly you have this experience. It's like, quote, really bad. My absolute value scale of total experience suddenly got much wider. And suddenly I had way more perspective about what life was, what meaning was, what, you know, what, what life was. And so I think you can intentionally create more opportunities for perspective without any kind of trauma or without any kind of danger or conflict. It may feel scary because we all get used to our own little way of being, but that can be like going to another part of town that you don't go to, talking to people that are very different than you, traveling. You know, if you think you really believe something and you're really confident that that's, you know, the truth, whatever it is. Let's say you're 100% positive that keto is like the way. Read some anti-keto hardcore scientific literature and just see what it does to your brain. If you're on the opposite side and you're like, keto is a a joke, what a waste. It's like just this newfangled fad they're trying to manipulate people with to confuse them about the way macros work. Read like hardcore keto literature and see what it does to your brain and see what new perspective it gives you. I think just uh, being open to perspectives different than the ones that you have will do magic for you. You know, I think that's very well said. And where my OCD competitive mind took me is if I read up on what are the reasons not to do this or believe this, if I read up on this and study them, then when someone debates me, I'll just kind of know what's in their arsenal and I can be better prepared to debate them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But no, but I think that's very well said. I think it's a matter of really pursuing exposure, knowing that in either case, it's going to lead to greater awareness. And that awareness is what we need to enable these habits, even if we don't have traumas, Uh, just general exposure and being open is going to be helpful in some fashion. I think it'll dislodge you from like set patterns. Right. Because that's the main thing you're saying. Someone's kind of just doing their thing. They're not really thinking about changing their behavior or trying something new. And if you want to dislodge that, I think perspective. I don't know if that's going to help you develop discipline, right? To suddenly start working hard every single day to develop in a certain way. But I think it'll at least make you open to the possibility of trying new things. Yeah, it'll plant the seeds in in some way. And speaking about, let's say, trying new things, why don't you give us an essential, no pun intended, but an essential summary of essential amino acids for the folks who haven't yet experimented with something like this. Because, and just to give you a little bit of, you know, just to share on behalf of maybe some of the folks who would dismiss something like this as far as daily supplementation, because they think it's like any other, let's say pre-workout or amino acid supplement, you know, what is there to say about essential amino acids? What are they? And what makes Keon amino acids as special as they are? Yeah. I mean, this might take like a few questions and some dialogue back and forth to unpack because there's a lot here. First of all, I would name though, probably as you could tell from the way that I encourage people to see different perspectives and and check things out, that there's very few things where I'd be like, this is the absolute supplement that everyone should take, like no matter what, you know? And if you don't take this, then (laughs) then you're going to be in all this trouble or something. You're going to have these health issues. I think I come more from a perspective of, we're on this planet, we have this life and we have these bodies and there are certain ways that we can feed and nourish ourselves to create certain types of experiences. And there are insights that we have around biochemistry and nutrition and the way the bodies work. And we're in a unique context today in the world where it's not just like whatever foods immediately available around us. We can choose all kinds of foods from all over the world. We can try choose more or less processed foods. We can choose isolated nutrients. And we're challenged also with like going out to dinner with our friends. Are we going to have a drink? Are we not? Are you going to eat the chips at the Mexican restaurant or not? That's <laughs> deep fried in vegetable oil. Like it's a complex thing. And so I just in no way want to come across as like absolutist that there's, you know, there, there's one thing. So hopefully that softens anyone who's a skeptic to begin with. <laughs> So to start with, amino acids really are the building blocks of life. And I'll take kind of a higher level biological perspective on this, but there's a couple different ways of looking at this. On one level, like literally life form as it exists, and us particularly as human beings, 
you know, we know that about over half of our body is water. And of the other half of the solid material, over half of it is made up of proteins. All different types of proteins. That's muscle protein, but it's also all of our organs, that's enzymes, that's many different parts of our body. And those proteins are literally built up of amino acids. Now, not just essential amino acids, they're made up of about 20 dietary amino acids. Now, like when you get into enzymes or there's other specific amino acids that go beyond those 20 that form specific functions. But if you just go after like, say the muscle in your body, it's, it's made up of these 20 amino acids. And the way that amino acids and protein work are that you have to consume them. Meaning that if you do not consume them, then your body can't make them. Now that's not true for all the amino acids though. That's true for the essential amino acids. So of the 20 amino acids that build up the protein in our body, like our muscle, so I'll just keep it to muscle to keep it really simple. Nine of those are essential. If you eat those nine essential amino acids, then your body can use those to create the other 11. And then also like other derivatives of those amino acids to perform other specific functions. So on the most fundamental level, you really have a few different core macronutrients. You have carbs and fat, which are key sources of energy for your body. And then you have this thing called protein, which is made up of amino acids. That's much more than an energy source. It can be used as an energy source, but it really is, is it is the core source of aminos and ultimately nitrogen. Not to get too geeky on us here, but of nitrogen so that your body can perform all these other functions. You must eat it. You must eat it ideally every single day. And maybe a, a kind of final high-level summary of this is that the way that proteins work in our body is that they're constantly in a state of, of breaking down. So it's called muscle protein breakdown and muscle protein synthesis and rebuilding. And it's a way of kind of cycling out, cycling through the used up amino acids and, and rebuilding the new protein. And when you do not consume protein or amino acids, you end up in a net negative protein balance. So it means you lost that protein. You, you, you lost that net muscle. So that's kind of more emphasis to the reason of like why you would need to eat it every single day. I think I'm going to stop there because I feel like you asked, your question was like, what are essential amino acids? Yeah, well, why are Keon aminos better? How does it work? And I kind of, I went into like way higher level kind of what essential amino acids are generally in the no, body, et cetera. I think that's exactly what I was looking for. And if I can help you bridge this, the gap between this and maybe the next topic, let me share some of my understandings of physiology that I think will help folks appreciate essential amino acid supplementation. So the way that I remember, and please again, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, is first of all, it's difficult to create energy from protein. You have to remove the nitrogen head. And that process is difficult. It requires a lot of energy. And, and number two is it, it can be stressful because an excess of nitrogen is not something that your body wants. I think if I'm not mistaken, it leads to an excess of urea, which is then stressful and your body has to get rid of it. Can I interrupt you? Yeah, go for it. So what you're saying is correct, that it takes more energy for your body to actually break down the component proteins and amino acids to generate ATP for your body. And in doing that, it's basically taking out the carbon and releasing the nitrogen as urea. The idea that that's like bad for your body or toxic for your body is actually, that's actually not true. That's one oh, of really? the myths okay. of protein is that the idea that like too much protein consumption or too much amino acid consumption potentially creates too much urea and then yeah, it's taxing just, on your it, kidneys and you pee it like, out anyway. It isn't yeah, really, it, it's actually, yeah. there's no scientific evidence at all of it being bad for you at any levels that we would consider. I mean, like up to 50% of your daily caloric intake being protein, which is a lot. I mean, that is a lot of, of protein. So that said, if you have kidney disease, then the excess nitrogen and the excess urea can be taxing for you. That said, we can swing back around to that later. That is actually the most ideal case of essential amino acids as a dietary supplement, one of them. Really? Yeah, oh, but wow. we can come back to that later. Absolutely. Well, I thought that I was hoping to learn something, a number of things on this podcast, and it's, it's great that we can completely dismiss that myth of... Uh, urea and excess of protein consumption, amino acid consumption is, is, is harmful. Because I know a lot of folks are probably wondering, all right, you know, amino acids, protein isn't too much harmful. And the truth is there isn't enough research. There isn't very good research that points to that being the case. So thank you for that. 
The next thing I wanted to share, and again, please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I see it and the reason why something like amino acid supplementation can help with help to reduce the perception of fatigue is by competing with serotonin across the blood-brain barrier, really tryptophan. And that's because as you, let's say, exercise and start to break down muscle, one of the amino acids in muscle is tryptophan and increased tryptophan expression through the blood-brain barrier would pronounce levels of serotonin and eventually melatonin, which you know, contribute to the perception of fatigue. So thereby taking essential amino acids, you compete with that tryptophan, with that serotonin, and you reduce the perception of fatigue. So it keeps you energized. Is that correct? Part of it. Okay. Yeah. Part of it. The basic idea is correct. And I would say that this is one of the aspects of supplementary amino acid nutrition that there's quite a bit of like mechanistic data and studies and sense of what's going on here. We don't have like the best totally pure, you know, human outcome studies showing exactly what happens. But so here's what happens. And maybe I'll take a step back now, explain the essential amino acid science, what it does, and I'll come back and explain this. So the reason why essential amino acids are so important is not only that they're the ones your body can't synthesize, but they actually are the amino acids that are responsible for muscle protein synthesis. We've done studies where you give people only essential amino acids. You don't give them all the other non-essential amino acids that come like say in steak. And when you do only the essential amino acids versus essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids versus non-essential amino acids, the essential amino acids are shown to create all of the muscle protein synthesis. So in actually stimulating the body to build the new protein and then sustaining the process to build the protein does not require non-essential amino acids, and they do not contribute to stimulating any extra muscle protein synthesis. They are incorporated as building blocks in the final tissue, in the actual muscle. But there's actually, oftentimes, if you're eating a whole food protein diet, you already have enough being broken off from the existing muscle protein breakdown that's happening. Because all the time, the proteins in your body are being broken down, and you're releasing essential, the 20, you're releasing essential 9 and 11 non-essential amino acids into your blood into your free amino acid pool in your body. And then you can pick those back up and rebuild. So if I'm getting this right, and, and sorry to jump in right now, but yeah, if I'm getting this, this right mechanistically, what you're saying is, you know, we're constantly breaking this down. There's this amino acid pool. Unless you're getting enough essential amino acids, you're going to end up losing these that are just kind of yeah. lingering. So essential amino acids, they stimulate muscle protein synthesis, and then you can recycle what you've broken down and would have otherwise discarded. You can recycle yes. it and you're stimulating more of this growth. Yes. Okay. So what's interesting and that, well, I'll just answer it now. That's exactly why, and our product is not directly formulated for this and we're not like a medical supplement, you know, but specific studies for this around treating kidney disease are specifically on this point. So when you break for someone who does have kidney disease of some form, and they have muscle protein breakdown and they're releasing essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids into the blood. If I go out and I consume a bunch of a really high quality whole food protein, whey protein, which is like the gold standard for digestibility and amino acid profile, and I eat it, I still can't even use all of the non-essential amino acids that are in that whole food protein. And I have the non-essential amino acids that are just being released from my body. So I have excess urea on a kidney that can't handle it's very sensitive to the urea. So when you only consume essential amino acids, your body will reuse the non-essential amino acids that are being released from the broken down protein. And thus you'll have a much less urea produced ultimately for your kidneys. Now for someone who's healthy, you don't need to worry about this, but for someone with kidney disease, it can be a very helpful nutritional protocol. That's coming from someone who's not, I'm not a physician. I'm not a kidney specialist, but I've read enough of the research to explain how those core components work. Well, on our next call, we'll have a three-year with a, a kidney specialist or something <laughs> like that. But so as of now, I'm just completely mind blown. And I'm wondering how many of your customers would you say are, you know, have this disease? I honestly don't know. I mean, again, we don't market it for this use not, case. Okay. This is not, yeah, I mean, this is not... Amino acids are so essential amino acids are so interesting for so many use cases. Uh, I only bring it up because we're in the conversation around the science and how it works with, you know, the amino acid pool, et cetera. Getting back to your question though, which was, I have this understanding that it helps me with endurance or keeps me from getting tired because of tryptophan, right? So what happens is 
Amino acids perform many different functions. They're not only for building, for stimulating muscle protein and for maintaining it. They also play roles in, in actually in the Krebs cycle. They facilitate certain aspects of ATP production. So not only can they be converted into acetyl-CoA and, and become an actual source of energy, they actually can facilitate the process. And when you're exercising in the muscle itself, your body oxidizes a lot more leucine which is basically the master essential amino acid that stimulates the muscle protein synthesis. And this is really like the most important. If you go out there and Google muscle amino acids, you're going to hear about leucine. Like it's the one that is the key that starts the ignition. It basically oxidizes at three times the rate when you're doing some type of intense exercise. And when you do that, suddenly, and it's being oxidized so quickly because it's supporting in this process of energy production and supporting the muscle. At the same time too, when you're exercising, you stimulate more muscle protein breakdown. So you're releasing more amino acids into the blood. In this whole process of doing that, you're also, when you're doing that, you're releasing more amino acids into the blood so that you can support this oxidation of leucine. So there's two reasons. One is I'm doing a lot of exercise. It just naturally breaks down my muscles. Secondly, I'm being encouraged to break down more muscle tissue so I have more leucine to oxidize to support this exercise process. That said, leucine and tryptophan operate on the same pathway, basically. Like some of these amino acids, there's all these different ways of classifying, but the simplest way of describing is they operate on the same pathway. And the way our brain works is there's a blood-brain barrier. And if you're burning up a lot more or oxidizing a lot more of the leucine, there's more tryptophan in the blood relative to the leucine. So it's not that like you're breaking down the muscle and suddenly there's more tryptophan from the muscle. It's because you're reducing the amount of leucine. So there's more tryptophan in your blood that's then entering into your brain. And then the hypothesis is that by, while you have more tryptophan entering into your brain, tryptophan is the precursor of serotonin. Or it's really the precursor of 5-HTP, which is the precursor of serotonin. And increased serotonin will make you feel sleepy, tired, et cetera, which is when you're, you know, when that's your goal, like we have a totally different product, Keon Sleep, that is purely an amino acid product. It's got a gram of tryptophan. Why? Yeah, it's like because it's going to produce serotonin, which ultimately produces melatonin, and it's going to help your body naturally sleep better. But if you're yeah. trying to like stay awake and perform, you wouldn't take a bunch of, you know tryptophan, you would take leucine. So in a way, there is this competition between leucine and, and tryptophan, but yes. it's, it's like, it's not so much that there's a greater number of one or the other. It's more like a relative difference that occurs as you yeah. take this. Their proportions. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got yeah. it. And so on that point, I would just say, typically like during the day, what you would want to do is you'd want to maintain a balance of your amino acids. So if we're trying to hypothesize outside of exercise, why taking dietary free-form amino acids like Keon aminos or taking a protein source would suddenly make you kind of feel better and like your brain would work better is because you are supplying an ample amount of amino acids for your blood to have a constant level. And your neurotransmitters come from amino acids. Your amino acids are converted into neurotransmitters so that you have more regulated mood. So if you're not eating protein or not eating enough protein and your body's being taxed to have to break down your muscle to supply ample amino acids for your blood, you could have a dysregulated mood. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so exercise is just an example of an extra tax. Like you may be you know, you need even more amino acids in that situation. But even on a regular day, if you don't eat protein, like, I mean, so many people don't feed their kids protein and their kids can't focus at school or are grumpy or something. It's like giving your kids protein in the morning or amino acids is probably the most important thing that you could do to just make sure they're going to be able to like have regulated neurotransmitters during the day. So just to sort of pencil in what some of this looks like for folks that are tuning in, I'll share on behalf of my personal experience. In what instance do I feel like these are absolutely just super, super useful? I was doing fasted morning workouts on the beach before aminos. And naturally, you know, you've slept, you're fasted. So now you're in a catabolic state. There's more protein, you know, there's a pretty high amount of protein breakdown. And all of a sudden you want to go and exercise and break down even more muscle. You know, when I'm waking up in the morning, I'm a little tired, right? You get that, that peaking cortisol, sure, but you still, you still have like a, a little bit of that residue, so to speak, when you wake up. And as soon as I introduced the aminos, it was like I was in the middle of the day 
you know, higher core body temperature, lifting heavy. Like it was like a night and day difference in my energy, my performance, and my focus. And then I could go and do a podcast and I felt amazing. So typically that's what the schedule was like two, maybe three times a week. I'd exercise fasted in the morning. I'd go and podcast. And I felt that that was a great way to sort of get energized for my shows. But it wasn't until I started to introduce the aminos that I really felt kind of like, how do I put this? Like, like I didn't have to, it just really eased that transition and it didn't give me that bonk that I typically felt. So, and then what I'll do is if I'm just naturally fasted and I have some kind of expectation for high performance early in the morning, I'll take the aminos and I'm just like, like ready to go. But if maybe you can help me detail this effect some more, what it really feels like to take aminos, because you know, I don't want people to expect that it's like a, taking a shot of espresso. Like if you can maybe tell us, how would you describe this feeling? And when do you think it's the most useful? So number one, I would say that it depends on each person's kind of different. So I'm really going to speak to my own personal experience around this. But fundamentally, I've had the same experience of trying to fast without amino acids and then fast with amino acids. And the difference is just night and day. The reason for that is if I deprive myself of calories of any kind, right? Or just deprive myself of food, you know, I'm going to use up the glucose first. I don't subscribe to a pure keto diet, right? So I'm not like totally fat adapted. I'm going to use up all the glucose first. And then once that's gone, (laughs) it's going to start to look for other fuel sources, right? And it's going to be mostly fat, but it's also going to increase the amount of amino acids, like double it, triple it, the amount that it needs. So it's going to encourage me to break down even more protein to do that. And that is just a harder process. It is like you were saying earlier, it's a more energy intensive process. So it's, there's extra stress on my body to try to get this energy that I need for my brain. So if I just give my body those amino acids immediately, have them in the blood, then immediately they're going to be used even instead of glucose at that time to support energy production. But on top of that, from that's like from like a mental level, you know, or from a energy production level. From a mental level, again, if I haven't eaten protein or haven't eaten amino acids for an extended amount of time, it's very different than just not having eaten carbs, not having eaten fat for a while. Like literally my body is breaking down all the proteins. It needs new ones. And just like you said, if you go through this, if you go for more than a few hours, your body turns catabolic. You're going to start breaking down more protein than you're bringing in. And so it's taxing on your body. And you're likely going to feel it in your mood because it's that much harder to get the amino acid for your mood to basically be like regulated. And then on top of that too, just in terms of pure performance and your exercise and your workout, amino acids, I mean, I'm just so many studies have been shown to overall prevent muscle protein breakdown and enhance muscle protein synthesis. If you're preventing muscle protein breakdown while you're exercising, your muscles are not going to get as tired as quickly. I mean, it's just, you're preventing the amount of the breakdown that's occurring. So you, you literally, your, you know, mental perceived energy will feel brighter. Or I feel brighter and more awake because my neurotransmitters are in line. My overall kind of like energy production is not as taxed. And if I'm doing something exercise based, then from a muscular and like stamina basis, I just have, I have a lot more stamina. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a similar, that's the reason why I appreciate it. I noticed that the the way that it feels for me is it is subtle, but it is there. And it's kind of like, I'll put it this way. It's something that maybe you'll take and you, for, you forgot you took it. And then you'll be like, man, I just got a great workout. Or I'm just like flowing. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's yeah. not a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that to me is always really special. Like I'm the guy that rather do that over just kind of taking something and immediately feeling like a, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I find that I'm a little more sensitive and, and, and I, and I like a nice subtle sort of build up. And let me ask you this, you know, we spoke about fasting for a moment for the folks that are fans of intermittent fasting. Certainly I am, but you know, does this break, does this take away from some of the benefits of fasting or does it add benefits? How does it influence fasting? Maybe is there a metabolic influence as well? that maybe you can take away from some of the benefits of fasting? You know, what's your take? I think it all, it kind of breaks down with to like, why are you fasting? That's typically how I answer this. If you're fasting because you like the way that it makes you feel, like you don't like to be kind of weighed down by digesting food, 
early in the morning, then obviously it's totally positive for that. If a major, another goal of fasting is overall for like just body composition and weight management, not trying to like eat a bunch of your calories like earlier in the day and just be kind of on that roller coaster of what that experience is. Then again, this is a great way to ensure that you're continuing to be able to operate, move through the day. But most people who are, have a weight management or a body composition goal, they're not trying to lose muscle, right? <laughs> they're trying to like stay lean on a fat perspective and stay toned. And if you fast for an extended period, if you fast every day in the morning, you're eating away at your lean muscle. Like that is what you're doing. And so by supplementing with the amino acids, you're actually encouraging the maintenance of the lean muscle and instead prioritizing the burning of the fat during that period. And then the last one really is like all the ideas and issues around longevity. So I think there's really, there's two main components of this. One is the number one most important, I would say the most important asset you want to go into old age with is muscle. It supports your cardiovascular health. It supports your metabolic health. I mean, it supports literally like glucose metabolism. Third, and maybe most importantly, most obviously, when people get older and they get injured and they get hurt, what people don't realize is your muscles are the reservoir of amino acids for the rest of your body. That's why when you get injured to get hurt, that your muscles just waste away. And that's because you're in the stress response where you're not as receptive to building new muscle, but all of your other organs need the amino acids from your muscle. So it's just such an important asset to go into long life with. And when you look at it, increasing lean muscle mass is so clearly tied to increased length of life and quality of life as you're older. So just compare that against kind of cellular aging on its own account. Then on top of that, what's very interesting, and this is one that I think leads us in a whole nother direction, but it has been shown that in very similar ways to caloric restriction, not very similar ways, it's the same mechanism of action as of caloric restriction and fasting, the three BCAAs that are part of essential amino acids promote mitochondrial biogenesis to an equal or better extent. So there's really no like, I mean, again, we could go down a whole rabbit hole. I mean, we could, and, and I'm <laughs> PhDs that their specialist is like in mitochondrial biogenesis and autophagy and all these different aspects and have all these different debates. But if you look at the overall science, it's like it supports mitochondrial biogenesis. It supports muscle, which is the most important asset going into old age. And it's totally aligned with the other goals that are associated with fasting. So I would say it is, if you want to fast, I would say it is fundamental and you definitely, like, I would highly recommend that you take it. And I started my whole conversation around like, not everyone, I'm not saying everyone needs to take this or what, but I would say if you're someone who likes to fast, I highly recommend you take it because it's so obviously aligned with all of your goals Yeah, and I, I'll I, add, that, that I understand are associated with fasting. Lovely. And I'll add that on top of those benefits, obviously, you know, maintaining muscle has all these tremendous benefits. I'd say another benefit, and I say this on behalf of my weight loss clients is it's the most metabolically active tissue. It burns a lot of calories at rest. So you can maintain as much muscle as possible as you isolate fat for weight loss and lose weight with more fat. You can better maintain that goal weight because now all of a sudden your resting energy expenditure is a lot higher. Whereas if you're establishing an extreme or a very high level of caloric deficit for an extended period of time and you lose muscle in the process because you're not consuming enough protein, now you may get to your goal weight, but you're not going to have enough muscle to keep your caloric expenditure high at rest. So this supplement has been extremely, extremely useful and appreciated by the folks that either, you know, audience, followers, or, or even my personal clients are trying to lose weight because of that very reason and because of the mood boosting and energy boosting effects that the EAAs have. I just want to add something to that because um, I think this is such an important point. And again, the supplement is not formulated specifically for a weight loss purpose, but it's so supportive of that for the exact reason that you said, the creation of new muscle and the resting metabolic rate being higher. And thus it makes it that much easier (laughs) on top of that though. So when you consume protein, part of the whole thing around protein being more challenging to get turned into an energy source, that alone basically increases your metabolic rate. Yeah. But on top of that, the other reason why when you consume a whole food protein that it burns more calories, because I'm not sure if people understand this, but when you eat a food, you're having to chew it, you're having to digest it, you do burn some calories literally in just breaking it down and utilizing it. Protein burns substantially more calories 
than carbs and fat in the digestion and use of it, not just as the energy source thing, but because it stimulates muscle protein synthesis. It kicks off this whole thing of building muscle. And when you acknowledge the fact that essential amino acids are the active component of protein that stimulate muscle protein synthesis, and in studies where you compare essential amino acids to protein, it stimulates three times the amount of muscle protein synthesis as a whole protein, gram for gram. You're getting this increased amount of diet-induced thermogenesis. So not only by building muscle, you're going to be burning more calories. Literally, when you consume the aminos and you start building and you're maintaining your muscle, then you're burning more calories in that moment. So it's so aligned with that journey. And you know, just one more piece kind of I think around like the risk of less than thoughtful fasting or less than thoughtful caloric restriction is reducing your protein intake or reducing your amino acid intake. And that's because what happens is they cut a bunch of calories, they fast, they starve themselves, you lose this weight, but you lose muscle at the same time. And then you go back to your kind of poorer habits, you put on weight again, but you have less muscle than you had before. And if you do that again and again and again and again through yo-yo dieting, you end up in a situation in which your body composition is worse off three years later than it was before. Whereas if you just maintain dedication to some form of resistance training, building muscle, consuming protein, consuming dietary, you know, amino, supplemental dietary amino acids, you can maintain momentum in a direction of a much more sustainable quality of weight management. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll join you in really emphasizing the point that this has been extremely, extremely useful and appreciated by my weight loss clients. Like it's, it's really almost like a, I don't want to say it's a secret ingredient because I, I think everyone that's trying to lose weight should take something like this or should take this, really. It's really been a monumental in our kit. And I would say if I can add something else to this wonderful mix of reasons as to why someone on a, the weight loss intention should take this is compared to something like whey protein, you're not getting the extra calories from the non-essential and you're not getting the maybe minimal amount of fat or carbs that are also in those shakes. So it's an even lower calorie alternative to something like regular protein consumption, but it has three times the benefits when you consider something like thermogenesis, you consider something like uh, muscle protein synthesis. So wonderful. And why don't you tell us a little bit about collagen? Because I know that for a lot of folks who are interested in optimal health and adding in these superfoods to their diet, and maybe even weight loss, what's the difference between something like essential amino acids and collagen that is you know, marketed as rich in protein and amino acids? Collagen is a really interesting supplement that is very good based off clinical studies for specific uses. That would be for things like improving skin and hair and potentially joints. The reason for that is because what makes up collagen, what's, well, first of all, collagen is not a complete protein. It does not have all of the essential amino acids in proportions that allow it to be considered a complete protein that will stimulate muscle protein synthesis optimally. You need to eat it with other things. So it's very different than like a whey protein um, or even a blended combination of different plant protein powders, for example. So when you consume collagen, do not think that it's helping you with muscle. <laughs> do not think it's helping with muscle protein synthesis or any of these other things that we've been talking about. What it is really high in is proline, hydroxyproline, glycine, which are the amino acids that are very concentrated in collagen tissue. And oftentimes like, you know, collagen is in many cases coming from animals and it's coming from the collagen of those animals. And when you consume it in higher doses, it does enable your body to, we believe, to prioritize using it for your own collagen production, right? So rather than kind of eating, you know, if you're just consuming general animal protein sources, there's going to be some collagen in it and thus some amount of, you know, proline, glycine, et cetera, like that kind of stuff, but it's not going to be in these super high doses, right? And so when you consume these super high doses, your body is kind of prioritizing using it for the parts of your body that it needs it for. I personally, because I'm still under 40, I don't have like, I'm not like super concerned about like my skin or my joints or hair right now. You have I'm wonderful lucky. skin, my man. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I feel blessed for like my current situation. It's not a priority for me. That said, I can totally see how it could become one. If, you know, I started feeling like my skin or my nails were getting really brittle and I was starting to have more issues in a, in a similar way, as we age, and especially 
you know, starts at 40, but really like after 50, it starts to accelerate our body's ability to perform functions that it could perform better at a younger age, just it decreases. Like we're just not as good at doing it. And so our ability to support collagen synthesis does diminish as we age. And thus, that's why, you know, it could make sense when I'm 60 years old to be taking collagen if I really want my nails to be strong and my joints to be stronger and my skin to look good and my hair to be, you know, thicker and feel better. And I can totally understand a younger person wanting to do it for the same reasons. Right. So it's kind of consistent with the theory of, you know, like supports like. So taking more, you know, will naturally support the things that which is not always the case. Like I think that's I think it's an actually important point to make here. It does look like it does that in this situation. But that's yeah. not always the case. Like if you just, you know, take more of something, it's gonna do the same thing in your body that it did in its original source. Yeah, I think we can make fun of the carnivore folks here for just a second that are eating <laughs> liver for the sake of supporting their liver and eating brain to get smarter. That being said, can you tell us let's say someone is all about this science and this kind of application, but they go, all right. Is there a way to get this kind of, maybe these benefits without having to take a supplement? You know, can you eat certain foods that would have a similar or even the same effect? Yeah, great question. Yeah, so as humans, right? I say that because I think actually different, we, we can tell that animals have different needs. And we're not actually totally clear for humans what the perfect combination of essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids is. We've actually done much more studies with like livestock. With livestock, we can tell that they really need about like 20% non-essential amino acids and up to like 80% essential amino acids. So that's more than anything we get in like a natural food source. In a really high quality natural whole food protein source, the gold standards are things like whey, eggs, lean meat, etc. There are some plant sources that are higher and that are complete proteins, meaning they have all the nine essential amino acids and they're in higher proportions, things like soy, quinoa, buckwheat. But overall, animal proteins are going to be the most concentrated in essential amino acids and they're going to be in more ideal proportions. So there are ideal proportions. We haven't really gotten into this aspect of it yet, but if your goal is new muscle protein synthesis, you would ideally consume an amino acid supplement that is based on the proportions of the amino acids, kind of going back to this idea earlier about like the proportions of amino acids in your blood and why you would get more serotonin, you would build them in the proportions that they are in human skeletal muscle. Those are different types of protein in your body, but human skeletal muscle, the proportions they're in there, then you would increase the amount of leucine to make it about 40%. You basically like double it. You'd increase isoleucine and valine and lysine as well, because they directly support the earlier stages of muscle protein synthesis. And in that ideal formulation of essential amino acids, you get the optimal amount of muscle protein synthesis. You get the best utilization. That's kind of like as much as we know at this point. So when you're looking for whole food sources like that, again, it kind of comes back to these whole foods and I'm talking about things like whey, eggs, steak. And that's based both off of our body's ability to digest the protein and extract the amino acids and the composition of those amino acids. So if you are really focused on your diet and you don't want to take supplements, I think consuming, really eating a, a, about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, eat 150 grams of protein a day, it's going to end up being about 30% of your daily caloric intake. And then the rest of your diet, that's all of like really high quality protein. I'm thinking whey, eggs, meats, et cetera. I mean, it could be plants as well. They're just not as ideal. It's going to come with more calories, more carbs, and even you could argue more heavy metals. And yeah, but everyone has yeah, it depends. Protein. I mean, it's like, I, I think, I think the heavy metal risk is really more with plant protein powders because you're extracting out because well, you've got this huge yeah. mass. No, that, that's why I mentioned it because otherwise to get the same amount of bioavailable, complete protein from plants, you have to consume them with surrounding macronutrients, like a ton of, you know, fat or carbohydrate. To get the similar as you would with, you know, something like an animal protein, I think it would just be more calorically dense. I mean, of course, it had the, there is. It is. I mean, that is. You just get, it's yeah. a lot more calorically dense. I mean, if you look at how much protein is in some rice and beans versus a piece of chicken, it's like, it's and crazy. It's funny. If you look at the photos. Rice and that beans said, are considered a, a complete protein. Yeah. But to get, yeah. So, yeah. That said, I think it also depends on lifestyle. If you're an intense endurance athlete, 
it may make sense because you have so much caloric needs. If you are like working an office job from nine to five and you're having kind of a hard time exercising and getting to the gym and stuff, I would say it's gonna be pretty hard to (laughs) hit your protein needs on a plant-based diet because you're just going to be eating so many calories. But and thus it makes sense why some of these, you know, higher performance athletes have been able to achieve it. It's because, I mean, they're burning so many calories. They can eat 5,000 calories a day, you know? So yeah, I think all that to say, if you're really intentional about hitting those protein goals, you know, mixing that with, I think, really good plant combinations, so you get other great, you know, micronutrients and put in the amount of carbs and fat that you like, you can be a pretty healthy person. All that said, I think if you are over the age of 50, you substantially lose your ability to digest, not substantially, your ability to digest protein and your sensitivity to stimulating mTOR and developing new muscle is greatly reduced. And you'll get a, you'll get a lot of benefit out of a supplement. If you are someone who likes to fast, like, well, you're just kind of eating away at your muscle unless you take this. I mean, you could choose to do a protein powder instead, but then you're digesting the protein and kind of dealing with that. If you are a really high performance athlete and you're like really trying to train hard, I mean, there's just test it, take three scoops of something like Keon aminos, take 15 grams, which is really like on a linear basis, you get the maximum benefit. You can take up to 15 grams at a time. You could Andres like before or before and after training, you'll be blown away that really it's linearly it's, it's just as good. If over that, it starts like to kind foam of, I've, I've never taken more than like a scoop and a half. Should I take three scoops today? Well, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying that you just can. A- yeah. Just just from a biohacking self-experimentation perspective, just for fun. Should you I will utilize it? it. You will utilize those amino acids for net muscle gain. I'm going to do that today. Yeah. Beyond that, you won't as much. Or yeah. One last question for you here. I know I, we just have a few more minutes, but is there any sort of, is there a very particular use of amino acids that may be you've heard about that has been useful, useful for some folks. Is, is there anyone that takes it for a very specific reason that could agree with the science, but isn't typically something that you'd promote? <laughs> like, is there something I like, don't think people should do with it? Is there something that you think people shouldn't do or something that people have used it for that you're just kind of like, why? That's weird. Yeah. Do people like give this to their babies or, you know, just something? Yeah, no, I mean, I give it to my kids. <laughs> I mean, on days I do, my kids know about, but they're like, they're really into sports and sometimes they like, don't want to eat protein. They want to eat pasta. You're making so your like, mom proud. Yeah. <laughs> but or maybe a here's better the main thing. Is, here, you know, here, that people absolutely shouldn't I, use this for. Well, here's what I would say. So in this whole conversation, we didn't get too into like, into talking about the BCAAs, branch chain amino acids. And I think many people, if you listen to this podcast and you know, we didn't get as much into like, well, what makes Keon different or our product, et cetera. But if you go out there and you start searching aminos, you're going to find BCAAs, which are branch chain amino acids. And that is leucine, the one I talked about before, isoleucine and valine. And the reason why you're going to find those three in a formula is because we discovered 30, 40 years ago that like, wow, these are these really important igniters and supporters of muscle protein synthesis. What we've discovered since then, in the last 25 years, and it's, it's very clear now, but the supplement industry doesn't care. They keep selling it, <laughs> is that BCAAs, they do not support muscle protein synthesis on their own. You must absolutely have the other six. And when you take amino acids like that, like those three in these higher doses, before or after working out or whatever you're doing, well, before working out, there could be some benefits, but you drink them during the day, you take them at other times, it's not good for you and it does have potentially negative effects. So I think my one thing would be just like, unless you really understand the science, you know exactly when and how to use BCAAs, just stay away from BCAAs and branched chain amino acids because they're either a waste of your money or they could be significantly detrimental to you. Whereas when you take a complete essential amino acid complex with all nine, if you take a brand that maybe has them like in a weird combination, and it's not perfect, like you're probably not going to, you know, have that much risk. You're going to get way more benefit if you take ones that are in the proportions that I described earlier, which naturally we based ours off of because that's what the literature, that's what the science shows has worked. But yeah, I think that's really it. I think it's not so much when and how to take it. It's like BCAAs, just the widespread use of them with people not really knowing when and how to use them and what they do and just the potential waste of money and and negative effects of taking them in isolation. 
So there's nothing wrong with the way that you take EAAs. It should just always be a replacement for what you could take incorrectly, which are BCAAs. It's the right thing to do. Well, very lovely. Thank you so much, Angela, for joining us today and taking us through this incredible applied science. I hope that my audience can get their hands on their EAAs and do some experimentation and some performance bouts, whether it's physical or mental, and enjoy the awesome benefits as we are right now. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andres. It was a pleasure, man. So that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For all of the show notes, including clickable links to anything and everything that we discussed today, everything from discount codes to videos to research articles, books, tips, tricks, techniques, and of course, to learn more about the guest on today's episode, all you have to do is head to my website, andresprechel.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-S-P-R-E-S-C-H-E-L.com and go to podcasts. You can also leave your feedback, questions, and suggestions for future episodes, future guests, so on and so forth. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one. Have a lovely rest of your day.